Uh, which brings us to the last question. What is the worst song ever recorded by an ex-Beatle? We could probably come up with Oh, it's, it's something by McCartney because he's such a schlocky, sloppy boob. Uh, I might go... It has to be a really good one, though. It has to be one that was a hit that, has to, that will bother you for years and years. I might go with With a Little Luck. You remember that one? With a little, a little luck. We I love, can work uh, that's, that is the incorrect answer. I love that song. How dare you? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, there's... There's a correct answer. Do you want me to tell it to you, Ben? Tell us, yeah. Uh, it is uh, Pipes of Peace by Paul. Oh, Lee. that's a great one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that was so <laughs> jaw-droppingly awful. So bad. I, you're right. You're right. Home run. Checkmate. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Also doing the hustle thing. It's been unseasonably cold in Marin. The temperature got down into the mid forties, and uh, I got to tell you, we're all feeling a little chill. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. It's a long December. There's reason to believe. <laughs> Maybe say, next year. Don't, don't say it'll be a long December on December first. Yeah. Hey, it is uh, fifty years of music with fifty-year-old white guys here on the Electricast Podcast Network. Uh, check us out on Instagram. Uh, we've actually got a fun poll that's going to be going up later today that you two don't know about yet. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be really great. Um, is, does it pit? Does the poll pit us against one another? Indeed. Which, which of my sidekicks is more replaceable? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a quick one. Um, okay. Hey, uh, my son Patrick, you know, he's great, 17 years old. Uh, he got his first record player. Um, he's buying albums now. He's super excited. And we're driving in the car. And he says to me, I just don't get radio. I'm like, what do you mean? What, what do you mean you don't get radio? He's like, so <laughs> you just listen to music that someone else is playing for you? Like someone, someone you don't know and someone who doesn't know you and doesn't know your musical taste? And they just play music and you're supposed to listen. So I felt um, attacked and um, I felt uh, that, that a younger generation was coming after my generation. So I defended. I said, hey, this is how you get exposed uh, to new music. This is where you go. You go to the radio. And he's like, well, Spotify has that. You just like new releases and you just listen to them. And then if you don't like them, you just fast forward. It's like, you don't need a radio for that. And that's when I said, well, advertisements are very important. <laughs> <laughs> I lost. I lost. He's yeah. like, he's like, I don't get it. I And it's blew my mind. Like, he's like, I don't get radio. Wait, and Timmy, you're not currently, you're not defending the current version of radio, right? You're defending your old experience because the current version of radio is is, so clearly worse than Spotify. Right. Yeah. We would have 
DJs that we liked or connected with. And then though I would then trust that DJ to bring me new music. Uh, whereas nowadays, like so many radio stations uh, don't even have a DJ. No, it's uh, in fact, for people who are like, geez, AI just discovered, just entered my life. Like AI has been programming your radio stations for the last four years, at least. So I'm old, man. Well, I, I love that Patrick's got a record player. I love the combination of the throwback and the new forward. you got to be happy that he's buying vinyl, even if he doesn't want to listen to Q105, Asheville's home of the 70s. Hey, I thought it was really cool. You said that on Record Store Day, like half of the people in line were, what, under 25 or something like that? What would you yeah. say? Yeah, yeah. Really cool. And shockingly, it was almost a 50-50 female-to-male ratio, which in previous Record Store Day, it was like 99 to zero. Right. <laughs> so this is a huge difference. I think it was the Olivia Rodrigo EP. I think okay. they were all in line to get that. But Was this at Amoeba? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we took the whole family. We were in Charlotte, and we went to a record store, and it was so fun. Watching my kids go around in different sections. Henry's going to Miles Davis albums. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. So what you come home with? Oh, uh, so the the Who record with the kids on the stairs. Bitty, looking bitty, up. big and bouncy. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, going to be a Christmas present. Uh, Steve Martin's um, comedy album, where he has the rabbit ears. I went with that wild, one. Wild and crazy guy. And of course... Uh, Bob Seger's Night Moves. Those are the three gifts for <laughs> for the new <laughs> record player, Toten Patrick. God, that's, that's so brutal. I can't. Uh, so brutal. You are so brutal. All right. Well, we were going to talk a little bit about this. Is our segue record stores to Spotify? Uh, Spotify Wrapped came out, and uh, I was hoping. Did you guys have any reaction to your lists? I'm going to let Ben go first because I'll be, I'll be letting you know how I did as a Spotify artist because I get two reps. Let's I get go. Jeff the listener and who listened to Jeff. And that we've one got, is much more entertaining. Yeah, we've got a podcast rap too to, to unearth. Uh, ben, what do you got? I remain very pleased with my Spotify raps. Made me super happy. Let's uh, go. Top played song once again in a silent way. So just going to keep that rolling along. Um, and then top five artists. Uh, in my opinion, quite a likable and eclectic mix. We got uh, Zach Bryan, number one for the second year in a row. Interesting. Huh. I really God, like I, that I guy, apparently. Oh, man. Huh. Uh, second is Maggie Rogers. That Maggie Rogers record blew me away, and I awesome. listened to that the entire yep. year, all the way through. Then number three, the Staple Singers. Oh, how about that? Number four, J. Cole. Number five, Otis Redding. So I was pretty amped about that mix. That's pretty good. Five artists. Pretty good yeah. That's amazing. Um, Jeff Simons, who was on your list as a listener? Well, see, my my list uh, is well, my, as a listener, my list is all screwed up because I use it to learn how to play other people's music when I'm gigging for them. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, the, <laughs> the Sweet Remains was my number one. Yay, let's go! I, Good job by I you. Had, Fair enough. I had to learn. I had to learn 27 Sweet Remains songs, so I was shedding. But uh. <laughs> Um, the other and the others were like more horses, but the one that was interesting to me was King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Oh, no kidding. Showed up at number four, so that was an unexpected new, uh, apparently quasi obsession. 
Well, they released like 18 records last well, year, right? right? So and you I, have I, a lot of material must, to plow through. I must have given them all a chance. I listened to that whole uh, Live at Red Rocks, the whole 10-hour thing. I put it on oh, well, over the get, course of like, you. yeah, I listened Ten to it over the course hours. of like two and a half weeks. Yeah, so. All right, well, what, a, what about uh, Spotify wrapped for you as an artist? So, yeah, so Spotify, if you're an artist, you get your stats too. So I was actually... Kind of it, kind of surprised by my stats. I had one hundred and seventeen thousand distinct listeners over the year. Okay, that's a lot. Uh, Wait, one hundred seventy thousand different people. One hundred six, one hundred seventeen thousand different people. Huh. And then I streamed my music one hundred and eighty-two thousand times, which nice. is pretty good. I had thirty-three hundred song saves. I had my music was added to six hundred and four playlists. Um, and but this is the part that kind of cracked me up is uh, I was a top 10 artist for 3,700 people. I was a top five artist for 1,600 people. And I was the number one artist for 177 people. <laughs> and I want to know who the other 176 people are. <laughs> that is it's, awesome. It's nobody in my family and it's neither of y'all. So who the hell, oh, if you're yeah. out there, number one fan, please so, let me know. Let me yeah, say say thank you. Yeah. yeah so that, that, is, that was amazing. That was That's more than this year. You don't even know that many people. Like you don't no. have 176 <laughs> friends. I'm serious. No. Like no. at least some of these people are not your friend. Yeah. That's right. There there are complete strangers out there for whom I I, I'm somebody to listen to, and I I am super chuffed. That is amazing. I love yeah. it. Congrats! That is really fun. You might even have some people who actively dislike you, but they they grudgingly put on your music because they like they your music. They can't get over it. They can't get yeah. enough. I love that? it. <laughs> I also love the idea of like a hundred or ten of those being like, "What's Spotify?" and they accidentally hit me, and they're like, "I don't like this," and they cancel. <laughs> no, don't be silly. <laughs> Uh, well, that is fun. So Spotify for podcasters uh, also came out with their wrapped. 50, All right. 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys has some interesting, interesting stuff. Um, we are the top five podcasts or one of the top five uh, podcasts for 1017 people. Nice. Number, number one podcast for 490 people. By Excellent. The way, I actually know that Scott Schimmel is one of those people. Let's go, Scott Schimmel. Excellent. Um, we we were we were streamed in seventy nine different countries last year. Uh, the 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 country with the highest percentage of new listeners, Morocco. Mine was Brazil. Brazil is number two for me. Let's go. That's so fun. You know, that samba beat you've got going there, man. It's exactly. just hidden in there. It's you just, just have to natural, listen more carefully. It's just the natural rhythm of my music that reaches uh, that, the people. Ben, you'll love this. The uh, your your colleague who shouted us out on his blog. Yeah, Glenn. Uh, yeah, Glenn. Glenn's influence is still is still intact because our our most popular podcast was the best songs of 1980, which is 999 percent more popular than our average podcast. <laughs> that oh my is God, the it's Glenn amazing. bump. Uh, so funny. Uh, oh, and then finally, uh, the categories that our podcast listeners, um, 
mark as their top interests. Um, mm. Comedy is number one. Uh, news, number two. Uh, religion and spirituality, number three. So music is not <laughs> yes. penetrating the top three uh, category for our podcast listeners. Okay, that's really funny. Really funny. And then finally, uh, Spotify rap for Young Tim Plain. It goes from five to one. Bruce, Dylan, R.E.M., Wilco, <laughs> T-Swizzle. Coming out of nowhere with the number one slot. Oh, that's well done, Timmy. year old white guy. And my number one listen to song. Are you ready with the music, Jeff Simons? Uh, uh, okay, I'll give it a shot. What do you got? My number one most listened to song in 2023 by Jeff Simons. No. Tell me, mama. Let's go. No way. Oh. Let's see, do I have a copy of Tell Me Mama on my uh did you not read your text? On my computer? No, I didn't read my text. I read the text like four hours ago. Oh, there's a new Here we one. go. Yeah, let's go. was like third because that's a dylan song so you have dylan <laughs> four and me doing dylan at one that's correct I appreciate, I appreciate it, brother. that is correct all right fun stuff hey uh real quick great friend of ours and a friend of the podcast rich price has been having uh, an extraordinarily difficult week and we just wanted to send out our love to rich and his family uh from the three of us and uh any any listeners out there who have enjoyed when Rich and Clint have jumped on to uh, to talk music with us? Send uh, the guys who uh, do the Age Old Podcast uh, some uh, healing, loving messages if you can. We love you, brother. We love all of you. Woo! All right. And it, uh, uh, this whole podcast could be for Rich. Doesn't Rich love the Beatles? This is his jam, for sure. <laughs> well, I this can't... Is- Rich, consider this uh, a, uh, a a welcome distraction as uh, three people who know the Beatles about one tenth as well as you do. Yeah, make a whole bunch of mistakes. I want to I want to see how he does on the compilation. I got some trivia questions, so Rich, play along with us. Uh, we're gonna start it off. Oh, oh, by the way, we're um we're in Liverpool. Did I mention that? Did we forget the uh, the conceit? That we messed up in Liverpool, getting some we petrol. We're trying to get back to North America. Uh, unfortunately, we've run out of gas. So we're at the spar in Liverpool. And as long as we're here gassing up, we're going to talk about Liverpool's favorite sons. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. <laughs> Sound of screaming. 
Uh, and we're going to start things off with their biggest hit, especially once the 21st century rolled around. Which is comes, shocking. Shocking to me. Here comes the sun. Can I just, before we start playing it, would you have yeah. guessed that, Ben, uh, at all? I would maybe if I thought no, the short answer that's no. I mean, yeah. because they have like 18 songs that you would think that would fit into this. One right. as soon as you told me, I was like, ah, oh, that kind of makes sense. It's a little bit like the say a little prayer Aretha thing where it's like yeah. you know, people have such horrible tastes and are such morons. And also by the time you get to when Spotify comes out, um, you know, like they don't have a they don't know that hey Jude, it was the right. biggest single of all time played on the radio until everybody heard it a million times. They're just like, Oh, I like that pretty sun song. Yeah, mm. I I wonder if we were in the age before um, computers, what would be the biggest hit? I had "Let It Be" ready to roll, but no, I think Ben, I think, I think it, right. it would have been "Hey Jude." Hey Jude, I think yeah. "Hey Jude" was was known to be the most played song on the radio ever. Like it broke all the records. Um, well, hopefully, one of you picked that. Go ahead, Jeff. It is a lovely, lovely little song. Hilarious that George Harrison gets the last word on best ever Beatles song. Yeah. And it was it was never released as a single. Whereas Hey Jude no. was released only as a single, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Let's do it to Beatles trivia. Well, I, I, I learned that from you back along. I still don't totally understand uh, the whole thing. Singles versus albums. Everyone nowadays is going to put out an album and release like what three or four singles well it's changing with spotify now you have a lot of bands going back to like dropping one track dropping a single and maybe they get compiled into an ep or maybe they get compiled in an album down the road but uh, we're back into the moment of the 60s where the uh the individual song can be the calling card for months wow it's interesting ah, changes i tell you what all right uh, our first game of this podcast is called Can Jeff Name Them? Uh, ben, you'll be our first contestant in the game Can Jeff Name Them? There are 13 Beatles studio albums. Can Jeff Name Them? Oh, easy, yes. Jeff, go. Uh, in order, they are Please Please Me, With the Beatles, Hard Day's Night, Beatles for Sale, Help, Rubber Soul, Revolver, Sgt. Pepper, Magical Mystery Tour, The White Album, uh, Yellow Submarine, Abbey Road, and Let It Be. Are we accepting The White Album as an answer? Instead oh. of The Beatles self-titled? <laughs> yeah, okay. I didn't want to come off as too all much right. of a jerk. All right. All right. Well, don't worry. We've got other uh, Ken Jeff okay. name them categories here. Uh, that was pretty good. That's off the top of your head. So, um, Ben Barton, I'm going to name a song. Can Jeff name the album it comes off of? Uh, so I'll say the song and you tell me yes or no. In okay. my life. Yes, Jeff can name that for sure. Jeff? 
in my in my life son a hard day's night now here's the problem we have is tim's uh -oh. got tim doesn't um, know that there's british versions of records i know i was going to point you to the records in a row and they're all different until 1967 so the album tracks on revolver are different in america and the united states the, the hard days night in america was just uh the film score and not the actual songs. Uh, okay, hold so, on. But can I ask for a clarifying question? The the song is you can, first of all, you're supposed to be the judge. I know, and I'm, I'm you're struggling not allowed to ask a clarifying I'll question struggle. of the contestant. It's I'm okay. going to check this as a win, and we're going to move on. Well, I have in my life. Oh, but I'm soul. wrong. I'm wrong. He's right. I'm wrong. It's on Robert Soul, right? Thank I'm just wrong. you. Oh, look at that, Timmy. Thank Good you. you. Uh, Good job sorry, by Tim. you. So that's okay. Ben, oh, you're one for at, two. Ben, you're at a uh, minus one at, with that because he oh was my wrong. <laughs> uh, ben, can Jeff tell us where All My Loving is from? Oh, which album it's from? Yes. Yes, he can do that. It's from it's from With the Beatles. Yes, correct. Uh, she's Leaving Home. Oh, he can definitely do that one. I Sergeant can do that Pepper. One. Okay. Uh, I'm a loser? Sure. Beatles for sale. Wow. And A Taste of Honey. Jeff? Just give me the nod. So yes, I think he can do this. Please please me. For the first. Excellent. So four out of five. I what happened on the I'm first one? I, I it was panic. <laughs> Actually, it's because I grew up listening to the American records. And then the CDs came out, and then I switched over and I've been listening to the British versions ever since. But I get a little confused in the 62 to 65 range. I can't oh, always I remember. See. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Well, let me uh, let's con construct this uh, by ourselves and then we're going to do a another game. Um, but a Mount Rushmore of Beatles albums. We can only pick oh, four. songs. I thought we did songs. songs. No, well, that's Beatles coming. Songs. That's coming next. That's coming next. Oh, OK. There's 13 albums. There's three of us. Yeah. Pick four. No, no, no. We're doing it together. I'm saying. Which are the four best albums? Uh, by the way, I don't, I don't have first, a, I don't have Sergeant a Sergeant Peppers. Uh, you want Sergeant Peppers? That's fine. I'll take Revolver. Once again, we're not in competition. Okay. So there's a Sergeant Pepper. Well, we each get we each get to pick one, and then we'll fight over the fourth one. Uh, no, I'm not picking. Go on. What else? Oh, Revolver, uh, Sergeant well, Peppers. I, I, okay, and so. I would like to. I'd like to put Magical Mystery Tour on there. No, hard that's no. My no, no. Love luck. that one. Definitely can't have that. If we're doing it together, that's a hard no. No <laughs> okay. way. Well, then the White Album Hold or on. Abbey Road? Abbey that's Road, we can agree. Abbey Road was my next selection, so we can agree Great. on Abbey Road. Wait, and then... Uh, real so now quick, we're... What, what's on Magical Mystery Tour that's uh, super offensive? I don't know why he's... It's not offensive, it's just that. not that great. What's oh, the best okay. song on Magical Mystery Tour? The song Magical Strawberry Mystery Fields Tour? Fields Forever. That I don't even like that song that much. Oh, oh my god! Oh, I know we're in so much trouble. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, this is great. Uh -huh. Okay, I, so I, I will you accept. Pick a, you pick I will accept. I will accept the white album, or I'll take Let It Be. Those, those, those will be my two. So, Revolver, Abbey Road, Sergeant Pepper, and you want the white album? I'll, yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah, or Let It Be. I'm happy with either one of them. Yeah, I like the white album better. Right. All right, now we'll get back to our contest, which apparently we're raring to go. <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're going to do a Beatles song, Mount Rushmore. 
once a song has been picked by your fellow podcaster, uh, it's gone. So you cannot choose that song. And then we're going to put the two Mount Rushmore's up on Instagram and our listeners are going to vote who has the better. Oh, you mean you're not going to play? You're not going to play? No, I'm not. I'm out. I'm out. No, right. it's just the two of you. More Beatles ben, for Ben. Ben can go first. So hopefully Jeff will choose Strawberry Fields Forever so I can just win right out of the gate. Like, it'll just be over. Oh my God, you're so mean. It'll just be tire treads on the back of his Mount Rushmore. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start with uh, A Day in the Life. Okay. I consider that to be just an all-time unbelievable masterpiece. Okay. Well, Fair. if I have if, if Strawberry Fields Forever is safe, as you claim that is oh no i'm gonna pick it any time you start with that (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna say i'm gonna start with tomorrow never knows which is the uh the one chord uh song that closes revolver that uh uses backwards tape looping and has ringo's best drum performance and uh uh, I w- I'm going to make the argument okay. later. It's like one of the two or three songs that invents rock music without the in roll part of it. So I'll go with Tomorrow Never Knows. That's okay. the one that's the da 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 Later Beatles to earlier Beatles. But I'm going to choose Twist and Shout. Whoa. Okay. Uh, because it's a cover. It's yep. two minutes long, and it shows everything that was good about the Beatles before 67. And they just go, go, go. All right. I love it. And it's All a right. banger. It's a banger, yeah. So I will say uh, I had a day in the life on my on my list of possibilities. So that, I agree, agree on that one. I did not have Twist and Shout. But for my two-minute banger Beatles, like, who who writes a better song than this? I'm going to choose Paperback Writer, which was a one-off single in 1966. All right. I love that. That's the too clever by half part of the Beatles that I don't care for. All right. I am going to choose Let It Be. Let It Be. I've heard, to I've ben. heard that one. By the way, the difference between these two lists, I don't know if you've seen High Fidelity. But when they're yeah. picking best side one track ones, and yeah. uh, he's like, "Why don't you just pick Beethoven's Fifth Symphony <laughs> track one?" That's Ben's list. Mine's <gasps> a little bit more of a. Well, I'm gonna. I think the greatest Beatles song of all time is, in fact, "Strawberry Fields Forever." So I'm picking it third. Oh my god, that is fantastic! I, I got my top it. three choices so far. I have one more to, to get my top four. I'm oh excited. man, I'm really struggling here. Oh, you got uh, it. There's there's one to pick. It's right there. You have to pick Hey Jude. No, I so I consider Let It Be and Hey Jude to be similar. I'm not like in terms of the so so, so Mount Rushmore wise. Uh-huh. If I didn't get Let It Be, I was going to take Hey Jude, and if I didn't get A Day in the Life, I was going to do Golden Slumbers Carry That Way at the end. Yeah, but these but these like these works like for a Mount Rushmore, you want to get four different things that show like the mastery, the unbelievable greatness of this act. I mean and Washington so, and Jefferson. Okay, go ahead. And so. I am going to controversially choose Revolution. All right. Revolution. That's a banger. Yeah, I'll get totally. my fourth choice, which is Come Together, the first track on Abbey Road. That's not a bad one. That was on my, my longer list. So what's oh, on your longer yeah. list? What, what did you pick? Because I, I lost a day in the life to you. 
Um, but I've got I Am the Walrus, Rain, A Hard Day's Night. Everybody's got something to hide but me and my monkey. I saw her standing there eight days a week and don't let me down. That was the 12 because I thought Timmy was playing too. So I thought I needed 12. You had a lot. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so I, the, the very next pick, if it was golden slumbers carry that way at the end, that's like yep. simple, that's Love just that. an unbelievable yeah. masterpiece. And also just shows like the full breadth of their genius. Yep. Um, I had blackbird. Good one. Hey Jude. I want to hold your hands. I yep. come together. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. But the, but the next one right below that was, um, Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby yep. is just oh. like, just crushes me. Tears yeah, me apart. La- so I, it was one of the last ones I cut from the top 12. So, oh man, uh, that's, that's good great. stuff. I'm thrilled that I got my four favorites. So we'll see. Uh, are you, are you going to we'll be, hold on, hold on, hold on. My, whoa. the song that I'm going to pick is not one of the four that I put on Mount Rushmore. Oh. Mount Rushmore Mount Rushmore's different. Uh, it's what about your... for you, Jeff? Is that true for you? I mean, uh, I'll just talk. About, I'll just pick another one. Like it's the Beatles. Like how hard can it be to pick a great song to talk about? It's, well, it's, can we, it's, can, it's, can, no, no, you can like do. Putting, you can do it like how you want. I'm just saying. Hand, I just, it's like yeah, I just want to hand in a bag of gold. I want to explain to the listeners so they'll yes. understand why my Mount Rushmore is so superior to Jeff's. What the point <laughs> of a four song you Rushmore <laughs> is, is to, it's not my four favorite Beatles songs. It's not your four favorite Beatles songs. It's not even really the four best Beatles songs. It's actually, it's like a combination of best and most representative and also explanatory of why you would have the beat, why you would make a monument to the Beatles with the four songs on it. Interesting. Uh, Jeff Simons, I think Tomorrow Never Knows is my uh, Teddy Roosevelt. So <laughs> can you play 30 seconds of Tomorrow Never Knows? No, no, so do it as don't... a song. He's going to do it as a song. No, I don't think yeah. he wants to. No, he does. No. He, he's got a whole rap about it. It's fantastic. Most people All listening right. to this will not be like, oh, I know exactly that song because it's I, a little yeah, bit of. I'll do that one because people won't know it. That'll be fun. I mean, I didn't even know you rapped. That's so <laughs> awesome. Okay. But nah. it. <laughs> Here we go. Are you guys uh, ready for the Beatles compilation I put together? Yes. Uh, By the way, Jeff is doing the the heavy lifting, the light lifting. I'm just going to be here to cheer him on. Okay. There are 11 songs on the Beatles compilation. Uh, They range from two to four seconds long. Okay. I I actually got confused. I'm not sure uh, of a few of them. So you're going to have to help me out. I only have Perfect. 10 written down and somehow. All right. Are, so here's the stack. Here's the question. 11. Do you want me to say them as I get them? Or do you want me to play it first and then tell you what they are? Uh, you're. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm betting that I'll be able to do it. Like you give me two to four seconds. I'd be pretty surprised if I can't just name it in the moment. But if you okay. want to have a, do you want to have a clean listen yeah, it would be nice for the listeners to have a clean listen. So let's listen to the whole thing. It's only 47 seconds. Let's listen to the but whole thing. The thing. If I listen to the whole thing, I'm going to know all of them. That's like, fine. It's going to be That's fine. all of them. Yeah. All, all right. right. Listen to the whole thing, and then we'll play it again, and you tell us the names. Okay, great.
11 songs. You feeling 11, 11? Yeah. Wow. I'm impressed. I think I might be able to get the first two. So let me, so <laughs> let, I'll, I'll call it out and then you correct me. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll play it and stop, Ben, and you go for the first. I'll, I'll back clean up because I'll bet Ben can, I'll bet, how many do you think you got, Ben? Nine? No, not that many. Okay. There's a couple in there that are pretty, pretty sneaky choices, I got to say. Thank you. Um, all right, here we go. First one. See, now I thought I thought it was one of 64, but that's not one of 64. No, no it's, it's Maxwell Silverhand. Silverhand. Okay, got it. I did yeah, not have Matt. that one. This one I have. What that's is Glass it? Onion, right? Great. That's Glass Onion. That's Tell Me What You See. Listen to me, I think. It's the little keyboard part that starts that song. It's called You Like Me Too Much. Ah, it's You Like Me Too Much and I Like You. Same same terrible composer, same terrible (laughs) idea. George Harrison should never play the piano. Ah, shit. All right, I'm going to go 10 of 11 then. All right. You got that one? No. That's Yesterday. Yeah. Oh, so pretty. Baby, you're a rich man. Yes, indeed. Excellent. That's Andrew Burke and Sing, right? No, that's She Said, She Said, but it's the same record, same guitar sound. What do you got? I'm looking through you. Yeah. That's their cover of Bunny Holly's Words of Love. Excellent. All right, next up. That star standing there? It sure sounds like it, but it's Rainbow Star singing Boys. Boys is correct. Yeah. Boys. What do you got? There's, there's a place where I can go. Yes, there's a, there's place. a place for us. Yes. <laughs> All right. And here I stand. You got to hide your love away. I'm actually really disappointed that I didn't get off. I'll, uh, Dude, 10 of 11, 11 is extraordinary. Yeah, you really nah, should have gotten, well gotten that other one. The one I, that I'm I, really, you like me too much is the one with that stupid keyboard part, huh? That was, well, I also tried to get some harmonica in there. I I, I tried to throw you off in a few. Uh, Let's go I, to the beginning of that. I saw, yeah. Yeah. This is one of their worst songs, actually. Then that one happens next. Though you've gone away this morning, you'll be back again tonight. So bad. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get uh, a little more uh, a little more time with the Beatles song. This is their first Grammy ever. They won the Grammy for best vocal performance for the best, maybe the best first chord ever. It's been a hard. 
Uh, ben, it's so fun. I remember you saying when you saw Paul McCartney that um, he had a, a DJ beforehand, yeah. just kind of playing a whole bunch of Paul McCartney songs. And it's like the entire crowd is like psyched for 40 minutes. And oh, dude, none it's of amazing. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's just like, like he just kept mixing in a minute and a half of Beatles and, and Wings and McCartney songs and, and the lights go down. And Nitty was like, damn, I mean, the, the DJ was so amazing. Is he going to have songs to play? And I was like, it's a good catalog. It's a good catalog. <laughs> got, He'll have more, more, I promise. He's got a few more. All right, so this is, uh, Rich is going to love this section. Beatles trivia. There are only five questions. Uh, go ahead and hit your buzzer when you have the answer or just yell it out. Who directed the film Hard Day's Night? Richard Lester. Excellent. In the film Help, which beetle has a sinister cult and two mad scientists after him? Oh, Ringo, because of the ring. Excellent. Wow. <laughs> Who had the first uh, post-Beatles number one hit? Which which beetle had the first number one hit? It might be Ringo Starr with photographs, but if it's not, then it's Paul McCartney with either Maybe I'm Amazed or um, uh, that dumb song off of Ram, Uncle Albert. <laughs> oh, isn't it, I can't remember. Isn't it a George Harrison song? It is a George it Harrison is. Is it, song. Is it My Sweet Lord? My Sweet Lord was the yeah. first one to go number one. Good job. Two to one. That. By the uh, way, He's So Fine by the Chiffons with like a word with My Sweet Lord. In fact, I had one. <laughs> <laughs> all right so ben i know you're gonna get uh question number five and that oh, will help you, that will help you pull out the win but you need question four first which was the biggest hit the longest number one hit at number one by an ex-beatle do you know it jeff you do it jeff god no i don't know i would take a first crack at it read it uh yeah, so it's the ebony long... and ivory. Um, ebony and ivory is not correct, but boy, I'm gonna you... guess it's just like starting over. No, it's not. It's the other awful it's, one. It's say, the say, other. Say. It's say say say. Oh, so Ben was right there in the neighborhood. What did what did Ben say earlier about people being stupid? That sounds <laughs> awful. I just I just re-listened to it today. All I remember is how happy the video made me, how much I love that song. I apparently haven't heard it in 30 years. I just heard it. I was like, oh my God. This is it's really a, bad. A really bad song. Uh but I like you know the spies like us theme song oh, it's a gem too. <laughs> I think Spies Like Us is when people woke up like, wait, is Paul McCartney trying? Like, wait a minute. He's just throwing this at us. Uh, which brings us to the last question. What is the worst song ever recorded by an ex-Beatle? We could probably come up with Oh, it's, it's something by McCartney because he's such a schlocky, stoppy boob. Uh, I might go, it has to be a really good one. though. It has to be one that was a hit that has to that will bother you for years and years. I might go with with a little luck. You remember that one? With a little luck, we I love, can work uh, it That's out. that is the incorrect answer. I love that song. How dare you? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, um, there's there's a correct answer. Do you want me to tell it to you, Ben? That was yeah. Uh, it is uh, "Pipes of Peace" by Paul. Oh, Lee. that's a great one. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that was so <laughs> jaw-droppingly awful. So bad. I, you're right. You're right. Home run, checkmate. All right. 
Well, let's get to our three songs. Now, you just called Paul McCartney schlocky. Uh, ben, you've in- indicated earlier that you're you're a little, uh, how, how can I say this, uh, not obsessed with the Beatles. But this is for the kids, people. This podcast is for those coming after us. So we are going to concentrate on why they're important and why they're loved. And why our children in the next generation should love the Beatles. Let's do it. Wait, are we going to do that as part of our three songs or that's a separate uh, topic? Just kind of uh, infuse that spirit into our selections. (laughs) All right. You want to go first, Jeff? You want me to go? Well, I should do a different song then. I I could pick a song that like emblematically does all the things Tim wants us to do. So you go first and let me think about it. All right, so um, I have a freestanding chat about the first two questions, why they're great and why people love them so much. Um, And I'm sad to report we have to start with me being a contrarian and not liking them that much. Um, And basically, uh, I I went to Spotify and, you know, where it should be like um, Spotify, where it would be like, this is the Beatles. Instead of that, they just have the two uh Beatles graded set 62 to 67 and then 67 to 70 just back to back 75 songs three and a half hours and I mean just three 75 and a half hours songs. songs oh my god just yeah, <laughs> I mean they were literally like two songs were like I haven't heard that in a minute but everything else it was just like oh, boom boom um there's a certain like wallpapery background like they actually are music in a way yeah. um and so that that didn't didn't thrill me in high school and then the um the later stuff is so much better in terms of the musicianship, but the early musicianship is just a little bit rough for me. Like they're just not like even in comparison to the early stones or the early who they're just not great at playing their instruments. Um, and I, I, I like, let me just be clear. Like they're unbelievably great at translating songs or writing songs. I'm not saying that I'm just saying like the musicianship part of it really bugged me. Um, and an example of that is a, a gay tripper is an unbelievably fantastic song both the Hendrix version and the Otis Redding version are massively superior to the Beatles version. Um, And that's just an example of like where the writing is great, but the performance is a little bit rougher. Um, All of that being said, I have since (laughs) come around on it. I've really, really, let's go. And you really have um, at post-college, I did all these dumb reading projects. Like I read Ulysses, I read War and Peace. Um, I also got the Arden Complete Shakespeare, and I read it from the beginning to the end. As part of that, uh, in order to understand what the hell I was reading, I got how uh, Harold Bloom's uh, Shakespeare Invention of the Human, I think that's what it's called. Yep. And so it's uh, like a 500-page work of criticism going through everything Shakespeare ever wrote and making this big argument which is that it's not only that Shakespeare created literature. It's not only that Shakespeare created what would eventually become the novel. It's that like in Hamlet and in uh, Richard III and these other plays, he actually created the internal dialogue, like the actual life of a human. Our entire concept of what a human being is, was created by this art. Awesome. Um, And the Beatles are kind of sort of like that. Like they created popular music as an art form 
I mean, it's a little yes. strange to say that when jazz existed and when classical music existed, but it's kind of true. It's really kind of true. Like you lay them against, uh, bless their hearts, Chuck Berry or Elvis. It's just a completely 100% different thing. They also like just expanded the sonic palette to it, expanded what you could do with the writing of these songs, and then the expanded the ambit and uh, like the sheer, like the arrogance to put out these like a record like Sgt. Pepper's and then back it up, like have it be fantastic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, they like it's not just that they created rock music. It's not just that they created pop music. It's like they're they they're, they're they are the thing itself. Like that, and their journey through and all of those amazing songs are unbelievable. Totally worth studying and celebrating, even if some of them are really annoying. <laughs> even if some of them are really annoying. Some yeah. of the stuff that they created is really not okay. Like when I listen through it, um, so. Uh, just this combination of songs on the 75 songs, Penny Lane, Yellow Submarine, Michelle. And then my favorite example is the harpsichord solo in, in my life. Like in my life is a great song and they've got to fuck it up with that stupid harpsichord in the middle. It's just too clever by half drives me completely insane. What song am I going to choose? I'm a much bigger late Beatles than early Beatles fan. I am going to choose. Don't let me down. Um, wow. It's a really fun one for me. First, famously, Lennon and McCartney have this argument where Lennon calls McCartney's songs Silly Little Love Songs. Oh, and wow. McCartney writes a song called yeah. Silly Little Love Songs as an answer to his erstwhile former best friend. But um, if you go back and read the biographies or even think about it for five seconds, it really cut McCartney. Like that really hurt his feelings to have his former bandmate. And a person who he respected deeply, deeply. There's these hilarious, uh, like they, they did a Mick Jagger bio and the, the cuts of it where he's talking to McCartney are hilarious. Like McCartney just didn't respect Mick Jagger. He was just like, these guys are like our, our baby brothers. Like I just have no use for them whatsoever. They, they seem cool. Like I'm happy to hang out with them. But in terms of whether like whether Mick Jagger Artists, likes yeah. one of my songs, it's like, who would care? That's yeah. not how he felt about Lennon. Like he knew that Lennon knew it was up. And so for Lennon to call his work Silly Little Love Songs was just a cut straight to the bone. People misread that and think that uh, what Lennon was saying is like, all you can do is write songs like Imagine, it's only political songs. Don't Let Me Down is actual proof that that's not the case. Uh, This is the best Beatles love song. It's a crazy thing to say, but it's true. Like the howl of this song the description of the greatest love that's ever existed. He's in love for the first time ever in combination with the recognition of the risk of that, like putting yourself out there to where you're just begging the person not to let you down. You're like, I love you so much. I could never handle it if um, if you let me down. Uh, and then of course, it's the late version with the organ. The organ work on this is so unbelievably fantastic. The composition is so great. The singing uh, just cuts me to the bone every single time I hear it. Um, I kind of wanted to start at minute 20 where we do that, but I'm not going to just start at the beginning. I was going to start at minute 20 where it's where he goes through this, a love that lasts forever thing. But actually, it's best to hear just the first minute of the song. You get the chorus first, then the verse. You get everything you need to know about the Beatles and about uh, about Lennon. Do you sing, man? I'm doing it all the time. I can't keep off it. <laughs> Okay, what is it? One, two, three, four. 
Is that uh Billy that Billy Preston? It is indeed. Oh man, little charming little licks he uh, provides. That's good stuff. That's live. That's one hundred percent live too. I mean that it's funny. I could first of all, great start to the conversation, and you really hit this hit the nail on the head about the importance of the Beatles. It's the word interiority that I really was struck with that you were talking mm. about, like. Shakespeare invents interiority for human beings in his plays. The Beatles invent interiority in popular music because there is folk music before there are the Beatles, right? Like there is popular music and then there's this new R&B rock and roll. And in 1963, college, like college kids who were reading the complete Shakespeare and Ulysses as private reading projects were not listening to Chuck Berry. They were listening to Simon and Garfunkel and Peter, Paul and Mary. And what they, they were looking for the serious music that they can gravitate to. And the other stuff was kids stuff. And the, the Beatles invent youth culture. And then youth culture takes over planet Earth. Right. Without the Beatles, there is no unifying instrument of, of human connection that allows young people to survive the the desire to make them shut up that defines the 1960s. Like, you know, they, the, the Western world is at war with itself. Like, you will continue to think the way we think, act the way we act, dress the way we dress, uh, expect the gender roles or whatever, you know, like have the politics. And this emerging group of people said, I don't think we want to do that. And they fought back in all these different ways. But, you know, the wallpaper quality of the soundtrack of the Beatles behind them gave them the permission and the passion and the courage to do it. And the Beatles are both the artists creating the sonic template for that and the kids going through those changes themselves. themselves. Like, yep. You're talking about, like Ben talks about those great collections, 62 to 66 and 67 to 70. There's a picture of the Beatles leaning out over the EMI um, office windows in 62. And they're just fresh-faced. They're grinning. And, yeah, yeah. And then 1969, they take the same photo, and they're totally different. They're all, like, hairy, and they're, they're wearing different stuff. They don't match. They, they've grown up. They've gone from age 21 to age 28. And they've changed, and the world has changed, and they are both the change and the changed 
And that for me is the the ma the, the magic of the whole thing. There will never be a band this big again. Even if Taylor Swift is drawing the numbers that she's drawing, even if Spotify numbers suggest there are other popular things, like yes, Bad Bunny is enormous right now. But I, I always go back when people are like, but I try to explain to my rock students like how big the Beatles were. I remember this moment from high school where I was having an argument with two friends that the Beatles were the biggest band of all time. And one of my friends was like, no, it's totally lens up. And I said, okay, let's try something. And we went out to my living room and my grandmother was staying with us. My grand, my, my little Greek 106-year-old, three-foot-tall grandmother. And uh, I said, hey, yeah, yeah, do you, you know who the Beatles are? And she's like, oh, John Paul George and Ringo. And my friend's like, yeah, what about Led Zeppelin? And she looks at me and goes, Led who? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, checkmate. So, well, it, dude, yeah, it's also they, like the, sorry to interrupt, the Taylor yeah. Swift thing and the Michael Jackson thing, like those are fantastic artists I'm, or, or Madonna. I'm not trying to ding those artists. Right, right. Um, it's not record sales. It's literally changing the world. Like the yeah. Beatles were like, a, like the, one of the reasons I chose Revolution is they were revolutionary in a huge way i mean right. all you need is love like actually became like a a life statement a mission statement for humans all across the globe mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and the magic of the beatles is not just that it's the individual four personalities that become the group watching that get back documentary off you know 12 13 hours of it first of all this speaking of musicianship the sneaky how sneaky good John is as a guitar player in that movie is really startling. Like he's a kick-ass guitar player. Like I did not realize how good he was, but Paul McCartney is the 20th century Mozart. You could put an instrument in front of Tom, Paul McCartney and in 10 minutes, he's getting sounds out of it. Like the, 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 the sonic experimentation of the Beatles is unthinkable without Paul McCartney, but he is the melody guy. Like I just called him schlocky because he is like, the reason that line is you write silly love songs cut Paul McCartney so deep is how accurate he was. This guy's this guy can't even read music and he's just composing symphonies in his head while he's out walking the dog. Like melodies fall out of that guy like air. And right. I and I mean that. I don't mean that Mozart thing as a joke. Like he is the 20th century Mozart, but he gets paired with the 20th century Oscar Wilde. And they decide to become best friends and collaborate. And all of uh, all of Lennon's salt and all of McCartney's sugar is the magic of the Beatles. It's why they don't work as solo artists. Like Paul McCartney needs to bring songs to John and have him be like, "That's that's what you're gonna write about. That's it." And John <laughs> needs to bring his unlistenably angry screeds to Paul and say, "Well, what are people supposed to sing along to here, too, man? I thought we were writing music." <laughs> and it was when they did those things together that they they were a perfect a perfect partnership even though the songs weren't written 50 50 they were written 90 10 but the influence of that 10 is huge is everything and i think the signature song that wait, gives wait, wait, you before you play it yeah can we just pick up uh ben what did india say when you guys were watching the documentary because there was a song that John Lennon started making fun of. Oh, let it be. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's right. She comes walking in, and, and uh, <laughs> Paul McCartney's trying to play "Let It Be," and Lennon's like, "This again?" <laughs> yeah. This lucky. And he starts crap. mocking. Oh, and then he's like, "Wait, man. he's making fun of one of the twenty greatest songs written in the English language? Like that's that's what's going on here?" <laughs> so but you can, great. 
you, you can only get that good if you have somebody who will tell you when it's not yeah, perfect, right? right? And those two guys, because they grew up together, they, you know, they started telling each other when they were full of shit at 14, they could still do it at 28. Yeah. When everybody in the world thinks that everything they do is perfect. All but, right, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. What do you no, got? No, no, no. But like, I think that's, that's what's, if I'm 15 years old, that's what I don't understand about the Beatles is like, um, they're not just songs. And, and it's hard to listen to music outside of its cultural context, but they are also fantastic songs. They are, and it's because the Beatles wanted to take the energy of rock and roll and R&B and marry it with the old song craft of, of British vaudeville. And it's a magic combination. And, no, and I and I think with the exception of Bob Marley, there is no more universal sound than the first five seconds of a Beatles song. Like, along with your grandmother, like my daughters can definitely hum 15 Beatles songs. And that's the only band from before they were born that that's true for. It's just a wow. thing. And and, right. and and I don't even like the Beatles. I didn't play them for them. So like, yeah. that's yeah. Just, just like you just can't help but pick it up. It's like a huge, massive part of the canon. And they like them. Like those songs are good. Like that. The one yeah, reason really why good. they know these songs is because they're fucking great. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a, there are rare moments when the most popular thing in the world is also the best thing in the world. And they do not happen very often. And the Beatles is an example of that. And that's why it's to be treasured. But I guess the song I'll talk about, which is the perfect marriage of the Lennon and McCartney thing, because I actually prefer... If you ask me, like, my five favorite Beatles songs, they're mostly Lennon songs. Like, I think Strawberry Feels Forever is phenomenal. I think um, I, I think Car Never Knows is phenomenal. But Ben's first choice for Rushmore, A Day in the Life, is the perfect Lennon and McCartney, like, where they each had half a song. And then they realized they were writing a, a song together. And it sums up Sgt. Pepper, and it sums up their relationship. A Day in the Life is the closing song on Sgt. Pepper, which is was the most popular album in the world for a really really long time in the summer of 1967 there were radio stations at every major city in america just playing sergeant pepper in a loop k-san in san francisco the day sergeant pepper came out they played it cover to cover 15 times in a row that was the only thing <laughs> on the radio that awesome that's so great and, and and they did and it just was that was everywhere wow. all the time it was just like this is it and half the song is lennon it's this like creepy little classic English folk song. G, G walked down to E minor. I saw a film today, old boy. I see, right? And it's it's this languid uh, uh, days of remembrance past five. And it, it goes into this kind of weird dreamscape. And then McCartney had this happy little up and down like banker going thing. And they then they put it together and they put it together with crazy sonic experimentation right of the studio that they're learning how to do so lennon's thing was only 90 seconds long mccartney's thing is only two minutes long when they add them together with this crazy swirling back in time like with, with their roadie mal evans screaming the numbers in the background so they know when when to come in and the the magic of it all together is the magic of the Beatles because it really is transporting. Like a day in the life scared me a little bit the first time I heard it because it was it was like getting sucked into another space. Like you know mm. in uh, the Harry Potter movies, yeah, right. Funny, the Pen Steve, 
Yeah. Day in the Life is like a Penn State experiment for me. For experience for me, I just I'm just in this song, so I don't have this queued up because I didn't know I was gonna talk about it. But let me see if I can find the moment in A Day in the Life where we get the end of Lennon's section, right, and the beginning and the swirl and the beginning of McCartney. So okay. we might have to do some some editing here. But... Yeah, no problem. It's four tracks, four track recording. So the technology is so limited when they make that. Like they literally are like putting magnetic tape together. Reels, yeah. It's going across the room onto four different machines. Like the invention and the like. The other thing that's amazing about the Beatles is like when they do their first recording session, like everyone's in white lab coats and it's an engineering project. By the time they make this, recording is an artistic project and they did that they turned recording from an engineering technical thing to an artistic experimentation thing and That's they did it by cool. just being 24 year olds who were like well, why can't we do that we can't put the tape in backwards why not well i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well, i don't know what <laughs> i don't know what happened you know and and george martin the producer deserves a ton of credit as does his engineer jeff emmerich and the beatles were also really smart to stay together that's the other thing that they're they're the there's such a fantastic lesson about letting yourself be part of something bigger than you yourself are like they could have broken up yeah earlier 65 or 66 like 66 they hate being on the road and exhausted they go back to england they could break up right then and instead they're like why don't we make the greatest record ever made then we'll make another one and then we'll make another one and when they break up it's uh it's breaking up into adulthood. It's not breaking up into some petulant, I need to be bigger than the Beatles. It was actually a, the exhaustion of being the most important people in the world to most of the world. And they just wanted to, they wanted to retreat into humanity. And because they had, because they had created interiority for the rest of the world, it was the least we could do to let them go have it. Yeah. And then sadly, they, they'd cash that up. Right. Like, I mean, if, if the Beatles had never released another note of music after the last chord of Let It Be, it'd be fine. There are great songs. There are great moments. There are, sure. But 
but that that it's just a it's just a wonderful historical moment of extraordinary collaboration and artistic success. And you should listen to them, boys and girls. Yeah. Uh, I, I like. Uh, I'm sad that they broke up. I can, and I, mean, I guess it's weird to say I'm disappointed, but I'm just sad about that. I wish that they'd yeah. been able to keep it together. Um, well, if there'd ever been a band that had done it anything like them before, they would have learned. They could have just taken three years off. But remember, like the Beatles invent everything. Like you get a hit single, you put out another one. You put out another one. I guess we should make an album. They put out an album. Oh my god, <laughs> we should make another album. Maybe albums aren't collections of singles. Maybe they're art in themselves. Hey, maybe we can stop touring. I mean, everything that rock and roll is based off of, the Beatles invented. Like, nobody played a stadium until they did. If they just had, if instead of saying we have to break up, if they just said, like, hey, why don't we just take five years off and have a couple of kids? That would have been great, but they had no, there was no model for that. There's no model for hiatus. Because there was no model for being a band for eight years. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm sad about it. But And I actually think if Leonard had not been killed, they unquestionably would have reformed in the early 80s. There's no I think that's true, but the music question. would have sucked. Like, I just wanted to see them carry through it. Yeah. Um, Until they make a bad one. I mean, isn't it great that there's no, not a bad record? That is great. I mean, but it's also, think of all the stuff that we lost. Think of what we lost. I know. And dude, it also, like, um, it just hurts my feelings that Lennon and McCartney, and, and, and dude, they weren't nice to George either, but that no. Lennon and McCartney couldn't, um, couldn't keep that going, and you and like you can really in the Let It Be documentary, you can really see it. Like they're just yeah. such different people. There are such different places in their lives. They just aren't um, aren't able to work together anymore. But that 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 makes me sad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it makes me really oh, yeah. happy that Pearl Jam, even though that's not, not like the later records are better than the first records, that just makes me super amped that those guys are like, let's just you know keep on this along. And dude, yeah. it's not just them. I mean, like contemporaries are there. Like the Rolling Stones just managed to keep it together. Like those two guys who were best friends from when they were kids managed to stay on the same page, even though, I mean, Keith and Mick were very different people, similar to, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. to yeah. what Pearl Jam realized very quickly, I think, was like the, the fame monster will eat us alive. I mean, they were true. They just accepted a secondary layer level of fame and success and that kept them together. And I, I incredibly admire them for it. But the Beatles had no control over how famous they got. I mean, they just got. They got two. And the other thing that's amazing about the Beatles is like, like they got bigger than anybody ever had, and they lived to tell about it. Like, I mean, the the savagery of fame catches up with Lennon in 1980. But like, the fact that nobody in the Beatles was killed in 1968 is a miracle, and the fact that none of them died from an overdose or misadventure in the middle of the whole thing is is just it's amazing. Yeah. This guy's. They're admirable in that way, too. Like, they did not leave a trail of broken lives and, and misogynist, selfish choices behind them in the wake of that fame either, which is kind of remarkable. In fact, they were all bent towards weirdly possessive one-on-one personal relationships. All right, Timmy, what do you got? All right, I'm going to bring it home. Uh, you got to love the Beatles. Because of all the stuff you're just saying about McCartney and his melodies, I'm going out with a song that just makes me happy. It makes me joyous. Obladi, Oblada.
That's a fun sing-along. Next time the three of us get together, let's sing that song together. Done and done. You got it, You'll be on the piano. Ben, you'll be on the guitar. I'll be tapping away like Ringo. That's amazing. Ringo's Ringo's sneaky Ben on that song. That's a great choice. I mean, like, look at us all. We all instantly, like, knew every word, totally perked up. And the thing is, like, I think some people think the Beatles are children's music sometimes uh-huh. and it's just because it's just because they're so embedded in the culture yeah i was reading an article that was said that um 100 years from now everybody will know all the beatles songs and no one will know where the beatles are that they'll just be campfire songs the songs, the songs that everybody sings exist and, oh yeah. wow and people will be like well that's just like happy birthday right or yeah like she'll be coming around the mountain or something like right. that oh right. dear. Well, hey if we're singing obla di obla da with uh our our Android brains uh, in a hundred years. I'm happy. Let's go. Hooray. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. It's been a lovely Where Friday. He- Where are we headed next? Well, we're going to go. Um, we just talked about Pearl Jam. Should we go fly all the way across North America to Seattle? Wait, hold on. Hold on. I hate to throw a spanner in the works or whatever you say. Um, <laughs> Timmy, you're not going to take us to Dublin? Oh my god! I, I forgot about my people. There's oh my no god. way we're leaving these islands, especially after Shane McGowan passed away last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to Ireland, Dublin, Dublin. Fantastic. All right, I'll Fantastic. see you at the see you at the Guinness factory. Thanks, friends. All right, well done. Bye, bye. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of Her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric Acid.